1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello. My name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, guys. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Today we are discussing prisons. But before we jump into that, want to catch up. How you been, Jason, last uh, few weeks?
0: I've been good. It has been a few weeks. Been good. Family's good. I guess a couple highlights. Um, I think I've mentioned before, my phone's a dance studio here in Tustin. Oh, yeah. And every June, it's a big deal. It's the June performances. So it's like it, it kind of ends with the school year. So it's the culmination of the classes that they did. And so oh, okay. we actually go to Servite High School Theater. Do big, They do big production. All the classes do their dances. And my daughter, uh, my my now seven-year-old daughter, which is trippy. Oh, yeah. She just turned seven. Oh, nice. Um, so that's scary. Uh, <laughs> time flies. Yeah. She was in seven dances pretty much each day. Oh my, um, my son did the finale, which was pretty cool. Like, he just goes in and does it. My wife is hot. She still mm-hmm. does, uh, she still dances quite a bit. So, she was in a couple, like, faculty dances. That was fun. Okay. And this year, my wife resurrected the dad dance.
1: So I saw this um, yeah, on Instagram. Did you see uh, this? <laughs> did you see this? I'll
0: be okay if you want to post it so people can laugh hysterically. Yeah, you but, gotta,
1: uh, I got to figure out how to link yeah,
0: that. Yeah, but uh, so the dad's crew, TDC Strong, okay. we uh, we took down the house, man. Yeah. We, uh, we had a good time. So my wife basically told me, she's like, look, I need you to do this just go big because yeah. if you just do it like everybody else will do it yeah. and i mean we had a blast the dads and i kind of doing that thing. everybody was stressed out we probably rehearsed it you know muscle memory style like yeah. 15 times before that's we actually so went funny. out there you know cracked open a couple brews in the parking lot <laughs> after just because i think most of them needed to relax after that yeah but uh but yeah so that's kind of what's going on i guess the other thing we have for my son so yeah my daughter turned seven yeah So, you know, it's kind of freaking me out. Yeah. You know, my son's nine. He'll be 10 in October, which is like double digits. So I'm like, oh, my God, we're getting old, right? Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. And then my son, we just went through what are anxious times for parents when your kids play. Not so much for me because I'm the like a coach on the team, mm-hmm. but tryouts for competitive sports. So oh, yeah. literally kids at this age, at nine years old, and eight years old are getting cut. Like you, you make the team or you don't make the team. Wow. It's almost like varsity JV and whatever, right? It's like yeah. A, B and whatever. So that luckily is over, yeah. you know, cause you have to have some, some tough conversations with, with freaking eight and nine year olds.
1: Now, are you talking to the kids oh, or yeah. to well, the yeah? So
0: usually you tell the kid and then what happens is it used to be like a cut list. Remember that? Yeah. And, uh, so hopefully your name was always on it. Like yeah. you made it right. And you were not like running down with your finger <laughs> down the list going, oh man. Yeah. But, um, my name was always like last too. Cause I was wiener. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah, at yeah. the very end, you know? And, uh, so you, you basically now instead of the list, the kids get like a, a, a letter of intent. Okay. Right? Like we'd like to sign you type of deal. And yeah. so those are like actually handed out to each player. Like they're calling out names. Okay. And so some kids that made it get one and the kids that didn't don't. And it's kind of like, well, we'd like to reevaluate you and come back tomorrow. So if you didn't make the first cut, you're kind of not going to do it. Oh, you know? man. Yeah. So it's it's hard. It's it's not fun. Yeah. Um. I feel like I remember doing that when I was like twelve. Yeah. Twelve and thirteen. You know what I mean? And but not at like eight. Nine. Yeah. I mean that's, that's rough. That's
1: brutal. So
0: that's the only thing I don't like about youth sports these days. That's not the only thing. That's that's one of the main things I don't like about youth sports these days. Is it gets so ultra competitive mm-hmm. at a young age. Yeah. So I, you know, I like that it's competitive. I like that it's, you know, it teaches kids you got to work for it because that's really the last place where it's like if you don't put in the work, you
1: don't, you don't do it, right? Yeah. But it's a hard lesson at eight and nine years old. What about you? Pretty good. So one update is that uh, that competition that mm-hmm. I uh, applied for, we. Did not get selected, unfortunately. Screw those people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my personal mission now. We gotta outdo their show. Um, by the time they release their show, did
0: you find out who like what the topic was or who ended up taking it? Did they no, announce it or they not, just kind of yeah. said, "No, you're just,
1: out." Yeah, it's just the you know the blanket rejection letter. Felt okay. like high school all over again, asking that girl to prom. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> crushing to get that email. <laughs> uh, other than that. You know, doing the family thing, uh, Father's Day. Oh, by the way, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. And to uh, all of our listeners that are fathers out there. Uh, that was just yesterday. So hung out with my dad at an event yesterday. And my mom's birthday is a couple days before, um, usually. So did breakfast with her as well. And <laughs> I kind of got the uh, description of my conception story. <laughs> so brace yourself yeah <laughs> uh yeah so she she kind of shared a little bit of the conception story and i it did you know she was doing that when no, she was getting so, into it or no, is it kind of so, like a roundabout no it was kind of roundabout okay, so she's go. like starting to go into it and you know when you when someone's telling a story and all you can kind of all of us oh, you crap. can kind of see down the <laughs> line of like where it's going you're like oh no so just avert my eyes and look down like oh i don't want to yeah exactly i'm there with my wife so my wife's just like cracking up laughing because yep. she knows my dad and um, you know just hearing the story and it's so funny but uh awkward at the same oh, time dude so, um, yeah, I don't know if any listeners or if you've had that experience. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get
0: the, I know I was an oops. Like, yeah. You know, I know that. I, I, I think they describe it like not really an oops, but like we weren't quite ready for that yet. Yeah. You know, like we had talked about it and then bam, you Yeah. Know? But yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not looking for any color on it. Yeah. <laughs> i'd be like i'm done peace out i'd walk out yeah it was a little awkward
1: (laughs) for sure in the middle of a restaurant so you can't go anywhere it's awesome (laughs) but anyway we're gonna jump into the topic today um so just to give everybody kind of a clue of you know why um we chose prisons to discuss prisons um, demetrius is on time yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) um so I don't know if you kind of are aware there's a, a big push right now for um, criminal justice reform um, through really? society. Yeah. Um, so people are really, you know, making this push to, to reform um, not only the prison system, but criminal justice as a whole. So I thought it was really important to, to kind of talk about this, um, because not only do you need to take a look at the criminal justice system, and a prison system, you have to look at the actual design of the prison, um, design and construction, because it's our built environment, the environment we're in has a huge effects on, you know, how we how we respond, our, our psychological mm-hmm. makeup, basically. Um, and just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that today. And, you know, what can we do to make improvements on that? So just a few um, stats that I don't know if you're aware of, but the U.S. makes up 5% of the world's population. I knew that. And 25% of the world's incarcerated people.
0: I knew that too. It's like, it's so stupid. Yeah, Yeah, so stupid.
1: Now we have 2.3 million people incarcerated and another 7 million people that are on probation or parole. And the thing that a lot of people have issues with is... Twenty one percent of the people that are incarcerated are for drug offenses. Correct. Yeah, this it's, is going to be like f- philosophical
0: debates too. Yeah, a little I mean, ultimately, bit. Ultimately, yeah,
1: yeah. I want to try and stay a little bit away from the. the can't promise you anything. The politics <laughs> of it, but you know, it's you can't. Yeah. It's you yeah, can't it's, get it's, around it's it. It's a tough subject. So again, I wanted to talk about this because uh, there's a study that shows sixty one percent of Americans are now starting to believe that we're overpopulated uh, specifically in that there are too many uh, people for, you know, minor drug charges that are in prison and that space can be used for violent crimes. You know, that should be our focus. Well, the other side that
0: they're saying, too, is you have so many people that are in there for nonviolent crimes. And yet so many people with violent crimes have been, you know, paroled or whatever you want to call it. And there seems to be. And I don't. I know. I know nearly not enough about this, so I won't go in depth. But there seems to be an imbalance on how those are handled.
1: Yeah, and um, as far as the demographics, there is concern of uh, racial disparity in prisons, where you have sixty-four percent of the U.S. population is white, while they only occupy thirty-nine percent uh, of the incarcerated population. Sixteen percent of the U.S. population is Hispanic, while they occupy 19% of the incarcerated population. And 13% of the U.S. population is Black, while they occupy 40% of the incarcerated population. So uh, there is a, a large disparity there. Um, but you know, there's other people that go into much greater detail and provide a, a better explanation. A couple documentaries that I saw um, on Netflix, if you want to check those out, are uh, 13th. And another is Time, the Khalif Browder story, which is a great series. I think it's a six-parter, um, but those go into much more detail about the criminal justice system. So definitely check those out. But as far as this criminal justice reform, what they're looking at is decreasing... Um, the prison population in general, uh, reducing prison sentences that are perceived to be too harsh or too long, altering the drug sentencing policies, police reform, uh, reducing over-criminalization and juvenile justice reform. So those are the, the, the points uh, just to be aware of. Now we'll kind of talk specifically to the design because, you know, once people are incarcerated, uh, whether it's a Somewhat um, nonviolent, or what some may think is not that big of a deal, I guess, for lack of a better word. Once you enter prison, the environment can do more harm than good. Sure. Um, so, to understand a little bit more about prisons, got to go back in time. The 11th century. Temples were the first buildings being used to house offenders using detention in conjunction with forced labor. Violators of social order were dealt with in a myriad of ways, but by the 14th or 15th centuries, incarceration itself became punishment and the chief method of social control. There's somebody just like you who's sitting in a prison cell, and they didn't do much more than you did, you know, some crazy weekend.
2: You didn't get caught. They got caught, and they can never get uncaught.
1: Living conditions in early prisons were deplorable, and many prisoners did not survive. Many prisons were built underground with little or no light. Castle prisons, or dungeons, while not standardized, often had tiny slit windows which provided little light or airflow due to more than 10 feet thick walls. The toilet was typically a bucket or hole in the ground through which the sewage dropped to moats below. Some had iron cages suspended from the ceiling to house prisoners. Others featured multiple levels of detention, with the lowest level commonly referred to as the pits, reserved for the most heinous offenders or those of low social status. In the 17th century, the Bridewell House of Corrections in London was a major innovation. Houses of correction were more linear designs that consisted of a series of individual holding cells off of a corridor. Prison cells in the United States are usually about 6 by 8 or 9 feet in dimension, with steel brick or precast walls and one solid or barred door. Solid doors may have a window for observation from the outside. Cells are equipped with either a ledge or a steel frame that holds a mattress and a one-piece stainless steel sink-toilet combo. While design has evolved over time, the question still remains, how much more damage does prison environment and the prison system do to those that enter?
0: Mental brutality was earlier, and that's what it was meant to do, was to break you mentally. The prison itself and the way it was run, with punishment in mind, made guys psychotic. So you lose the ability to sit down and reason things out.
1: A past inmate of Alcatraz, the infamous federal penitentiary in San Francisco, California, shares his experience.
0: You to do whatever you have to do to survive. If that means you and I
1: have a beef, then I'm out to hurt you as bad as I can hurt you so I don't have to do it again. The Giles Act of 1823 marked efforts to impose general standards in prisons. The most famous prison design of this period is the Panopticon, envisioned by prison reform activist Jeremy Bentham. The design was a multiple story circular building with inmate cells built on the outside wall, with the keepers gallery rising in the center. It was thought that inmates would not know when they were being observed, so they would be compelled to behave at all times. However, ventilation was poor in this design, leaving damp cells that bred disease and death. Eventually, the prison was demolished, but the development of technology has continued this concept of surveillance as control today. In 1829, the use of solitary confinement begins. Originally characterized as isolation and seclusion to provide a prisoner with solitude to reflect on his misdeeds and restore his relationship to God. Solitary confinement is the restriction of inmates to a cell, typically 80 square feet, for 22 to 24 hours a day for a period of days to even decades in some cases. It's like being buried alive.
2: This place is like an insane asylum. Thoughts of suicide come along.
0: You can't get yourself wound
1: up and you can't
2: leave that room.
1: Commentators have attributed the high rates of mental breakdown to solitary confinement.
2: You can have them do their whole time in segregation. They don't want them living next to me when you release them. Not interested in burying. I'm already buried though.
1: Around the turn of the century, a lack of guidelines led to significant variations in design. One design was the Podular Remote cell block, which gave officers better surveillance by incorporating a protected central control room. But this design created an us-against-them mentality because of the separation of officers from inmates. By the 1930s and 40s, telephone pole design was the most popular. This design included a central corridor with housing wings built at 90 degrees from the corridor. However, the layout resulted in diminished surveillance. Post-World War II, prisons were influenced by a medical model which created responsibility for rehabbing and returning offenders to society. Unfortunately, by the mid-1970s, due to a report claiming that rehabilitation was ineffective, a perceived rise in crime rates, a more conservative public attitude, and high re-offense rates, there was a shift toward a get-tough attitude against offenders. Nixon's proclamation for law and order Reagan's continuation of the war on drugs and Clinton's three strikes law initiated a boom where the incarcerated population increased from 358,000 in the 1970s to 2 million by the 2000s. The increase led to a new management model called direct supervision. This placed open control stations inside the inmate living areas known as day rooms, where inmates are held together throughout the day rather than separately in cells. Inmates are constantly supervised, officers can step in quickly to address issues, and electronic monitoring systems provide officers with additional protection. However, inexperienced officers or staff shortages can be a volatile recipe in this configuration. As society pushes for criminal justice reform today, we must remind ourselves that our environment affects us psychologically, even changing our character. We must look critically at the way we house those imprisoned and consider that conditions may exacerbate the issue, creating an endless and sometimes lethal cycle okay so so, what are your thoughts, Jason? I mean it's interesting
0: it like I said, I think a lot of it's philosophical, yeah you know in in how you actually handle you know can you really? rehab people? Should you really be keeping people there? You know, you're getting that that debate about life sentences versus death sentences. I mean, Mm -hmm. all those different kinds of things. When you look at the rates of how many incarcerated have climbed over the years, Mm -hmm. people are paying for that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't want to get into the debate about what a life's worth, you know, but (laughs) those types of things, there's a lot of avenues you can go with that type of discussion.
1: Yeah. The U S is actually spending 80 billion a year on housing and um, you know monitoring people that are on probation and parole that's a lot of money <laughs> that's a lot of money yeah
0: yeah that's a lot of money it's hard and i think the the one thing that's important to point out it's hard to understand it when luckily i don't really know too many people that have had to you know stay there be there mm-hmm. you know those types of things so i don't have a whole lot of firsthand knowledge with what that environment's like yeah you know good thank god yeah you know truly. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I've been through a couple, you know, I've, I've been able to walk through like a, a county
1: prison and stuff like that That mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you were saying you went through the county prison and then you said, uh, you saw Alcatraz. Yeah. So I think get... everybody does that, right? Yeah. Like everybody does the Alcatraz thing.
0: And there was even one other one, you know, come to think of it now, I think it was like in South Carolina. Okay. There's, there was some prison that was out. In the ocean, not Alcatraz-ish, but but, but like kind of like that same idea that I checked out as well, hmm. like years back. I was I was back there for like a a, a vendor trip of some sort, mm-hmm. and um, we got to go tour that. I mean, those the the Alcatraz and this one were were a lot more run down mm-hmm. because they're more so tourist attractions at this point. Yeah. But very different in comparison to, like, the county jail that I saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? in how it's how it's structured and how it's put together and yeah. and those types of things. So you did get to see a little bit of that, yeah. you know, evolvement.
1: The, so I was thinking, I was trying to wrap my brain around how it would feel going into jail um, and trying to make some connection in my mind. Uh, so I was thinking of that. This is, if you're listening to this and have been in prison, do not uh take this as a you know apple for apple it's just me trying to wrap my mind around it but you know that feeling of when you go to a new school or starting camp and you don't have any friends there or anything like that yeah you know that anxiety that you get yeah kind of going in and you don't know anybody and you're trying to get acclimated to this new environment yeah and then you kind of multiply that by like a thousand. Plus, plus, the buddy that you're trying to make friends with may potentially stab you. Yeah, or something. exactly.
0: Like it's not, you know, it, you're right. It's hard for us to understand those things. Yeah. I totally agree. And it, you're right. It's I think it's a different level of that anxiety or that, that disconcernment yeah. you know, of what's going to happen next and what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. And you then know, you have
1: limited resources on top. So everybody's trying to, you know, angle to get what you have uh, to make their time there better. I mean, that's my best attempt at trying to wrap my brain around it. But um, hopefully you never really understand it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when you the problem with prisons, uh, you know, one, you have the overcrowding. So there's like I mentioned that limited resources and, you know, the stress that can come from that and then the noise pollution (laughs) Uh, oh, like sure. you, like you heard in the, in the audio in yeah. the solitary confinement. Oof. And, uh, it comes from a video that, that I saw on, um, on YouTube. And there's clips of the guard sitting there as well. Who's, Just like no big deal. Well, I, I think it was, you know, as a, as a parent, maybe you have had this where, uh, kids are just kind of running around screaming, Start and you just it out. yeah, you just tune yeah. it out. But that's what I'm saying. It's like sitting there but like, it still no has an deal. effect on you, dude. It has it, to. It, it has uh, to. There's no way you can't not react to that and just be uneasy. Yeah. So it, it's it's not a good environment for both the guard or the um, inmate.
0: Well, not only that. I mean, you know, I, I guess. Like I look at the guard, really, and it's like he's gonna leave. You know, this is his job. He's gonna go home. He's gonna go do whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's ever been studies or links, but like it's almost like a PTSD type thing Mm -hmm. to me. It's like if you get exposed to that type of stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. like when you go home, what are you
1: hearing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's that to me, that's got to be just crazy. Yeah, there was actually. Have you ever heard of the Stanford uh, Stanford Prison Experiment? Oh, I think I have. So I, it, Well, it sounds familiar. I, I think I have um, a video that was on YouTube. I'll try and uh, dig that up again and post, uh, post it on our uh, website. Um, but it's basically, um, you know, volunteers of... Uh, oh, no. Is this the one with the guards? and? Yeah, guards. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you kind of sign up for guards or prisoners. Yep. And yep. for whatever oh, reason, what the, the people that were guards just start to assume this role of this ultra aggressive, treating them like dirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was I reading? I read something that went over this exactly. Yeah.
1: So the image of a prison, the way that it's designed, the look of it, it's all concrete and very heavy and sterile and beige. Yeah. It, it reinforces that, that image, that, um, that stigma of this kind of ultra aggressive, um, not part of society type of vibe. Yeah. It's almost um, a, a losing battle if you kind of, pers- you know, stick with that same design uh, of trying to get people to treat e- each other like humans.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, no, that's a good point. And I think it gets back to that same thing though, right? Like now we're getting into philosophical because you have to say like, is the environment really creating the individual or is the individual really creating the environment? Right. Uh, I, is that, is that individual, I, I think, I think we both agree yeah. from design aspects that you can definitely have an effect mm-hmm. on those people. So whether it's, whether it's color or whether it's style, openness, clothes, you know, all these different kind of things that we can work on, right? Small, big, you know, it can have an effect on people, mm-hmm. but through those designs, can you really affect it enough to make people really get along? You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. that individually even capable of doing that? So now we're talking like hardwire versus, you know what I mean? Like effect and stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. I think in, in part you can minimize the people that are coming in with uh, uh, something somewhat minor from fair going point. down a, a, you know, deeper Rougher path. Yeah. yeah deeper yeah, path. path. Yeah. So you want to try and, especially for those people, mitigate, you know, like the, 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 the harsh type of exposure. Right? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So when we talk about the construction, you know, utilizing all of that concrete, that steel, um, a lot of people run into problems with, uh, we've had this conversation before of, um, you know, water infiltration and mold developing, um, talked about it in the, in the audio, uh, earlier, the Panopticon that, that had the, Mm -hmm. had basically a ventilation problem and, uh led to disease and and ult- and death in some cases you know upping the the construction I know it's a it. yeah uh, um, I guess the quality yeah um, because you know concrete is probably super cheap I mean not cheap but it's quick and easy um, concrete are,
0: unfortunately concrete's one of the more expensive
1: yeah. ways to build uh well cinder block
0: cinder block still too really yeah speed is not there i mean when you look at in comparison like framing and all those other kind of things because at this point now you've got steel reinforcement mm-hmm. you've got concrete cinder block then you got concrete filling and all that yeah so and it and it takes masons yeah you know what i mean to be able to do those things so it's it's timely and it's costly that's why if you look at it builders don't put in block walls anymore right they do mm. fence <laughs> yeah you know for good reason yeah you know what i'm saying
1: so i guess it's probably probably just more on a security basis. oh it's full than... it's
0: full on security full on because it's thick it's hard it's easy to clean you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like all those types of things but it's like that's what i was referring to on density like it's dense yeah you know what i mean it's dense it's cold it's hard like it's it's one of the more impervious things you're gonna have it's insulating too that's the other thing Mm. you know but i think i think it's primarily security
1: well you get a good temperature swing on on concrete and, and for masonry. Uh, sure.
0: but not on the other side. So when you, you, it'll, it'll, it'll take on not as much. Yeah. It'll take on the absorption of that heat or the cold on the one side, but it doesn't transfer through that well, yeah. or it takes a while yeah. to get through. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's 100% security driven.
1: So I'm curious, what, what else could you do then? So, at least, I guess you just finish it, uh, furring walls and Yeah, you can do wall. all that.
0: But then, I think what the other, like, when we're watching that video, right? I mean, these guys are kicking, breaking, you know. And I'm not saying every single individual in there is doing that. It's not just guys. But every, every single individual is in there doing that. Mm-hmm. But you can't put anything in, like, you can't put anything in there that they can break. Yeah. So, if you think about it, because even if you furred out the walls, so then the guy's going to tear into that wall, which is going to be <laughs> gypsum based. True. He's going to pull out a freaking two-by-whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and this is, this gets into the, again, philosophical stuff. Not that everybody's going to do that, but you don't want the wrong dude. That's got that whittles off something sharp, you know, like if you you have to think of it from that manner, right? Like what can you build out of these things? Yeah. I'll bet you all the commodes that are like single, you know, stainless steel, all of them are rolled corners. Yep. There's not a single hard corner in there. I guarantee you. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I think. I think that's I think that's really it's security that drives these things. Yeah, because it has to.
1: It's crazy. I was looking up a spec on one of those because I I wasn't sure what it looked like the single unit um, yeah. Yeah. shower t- or uh, sink toilet, and it actually says suicide proof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Literally, that's what I'm
0: saying. It's all it's all cold rolled. You know what I mean? There's yeah. nothing hard, nothing sharp. Yeah. And same with concrete. You know, I just it, for the most part, you're not going to get through it.
1: Yeah. So going forward, there's actually been a, a little bit of discussion kind of building up in the architectural industry, uh, where people are talking about, you know, what can we do to make some improvements? One, at the, at the forefront, having the idea that people can change and improve, you know, keeping that in the front of your mind and, and understanding that we're not going to outcast people completely. We, treat them as humans and have, you know, some... We'd hope for some kind of rehabilitation. Yeah. Right? You'd hope you'd hope there's some kind of quality
0: in there with with a percentage of these individuals that can become what, what uh, my father-in-law always told my, my wife, that they can go out and become a productive member of society. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. what you're going to hope for.
1: Yeah. So it, it comes down to, you know, little things as far as, you know... While well, in prison, you can be housed in a six by nine space or 54 square feet, but per code, it used to be 100 uh, 120 square feet for a habitable space, uh, but they just now moved it down to 70 square feet because of the um, introduction of tiny homes. So we're still not even down to that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just treating them like basic humans. The another point was using evidence-based practices. So looking at spaces like hospitals for, you know, techniques they use to create, or to reduce antisocial behaviors and violence, mitigating stress and anxiety, um, you know, providing natural light, uh, access to natural light and air, um, a connectedness to nature, thermal and acoustical comfort, and then a variety of outdoor spaces and views. It's a little bit complex sometimes and that philosophical part because you have that uh, there's gonna be a huge divide throughout society of you know, they are criminals. Massive. Yeah. They are criminals. Why should they have nice environment or why are food? they getting weight rooms? Why are they mm-hmm. you know, you listen to all of those things,
0: right? They get three square meals a day. Yeah. You know, people talk about the homeless too being an issue, right? Obviously yeah. we've covered that topic and yeah. it's like you got people out there that we can't feed, but yet we got these guys in there that stole killed do whatever it is we're feeding them and housing that you know so yeah i think it hits all those those nerves with people and it's like they made a conscious choice to do this potentially right Mm -hmm. not all of them um so why are we taking care of them again that's a philosophical thing that i don't think you can get away with and they're and the people on that side on the extreme side and be like i'm making anything better for them Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they don't deserve that yeah so again philosophical yeah right it's the hardest piece of the whole conversation yeah
1: but I, I think at the same time, you can't negate those other people that sure. <laughs> that, Absolutely. that are on the other side of that spectrum yeah. that shouldn't basically, you know, experience. If
0: if we treat them inhumane, that makes us inhumane, right? Exactly. So if we want to be treated like humans, we should treat others like humans. Yeah. And, you know I'll,
1: I'll go from the Bible. It's like treat each other as, you know, you would want to be treated yourself. Even the, the harshest persons should receive, in my opinion, should receive some level of you know, humane treatment True. because it just keeps you going down that rabbit hole of the world is against me and yeah. whatever the, the thought process yeah. is. A couple other things that, that they are discussing to, to make improvements, um, eliminating that stereotypical, intimidating image. Like we discussed, it will be hard to soften it to some extent um for safety concerns. But you know, it's it's just something to think about as you're. Well, even like paint colors, you know, all all
0: sorts of things like that they could do to probably liven it up, or you know. But then, depending on what
1: psychologist you talk to, they're going to say this color does this, this color <laughs> does this, and they're going to be a disagreement. So which yeah. one's right, right? Yeah. Be right sized is another thought. So facilities should never exceed in this person's opinion, uh, should exceed 1000 offenders. Um, so that kind of goes to the, the school thought of, you know, a teacher can only, only handle. Class. Yeah. yeah. And a teacher can only handle so many students. So a guard or a staff of guards can only handle so many. So then that goes back to the overpopulation yep. of the prison system and getting that under control, right? Promote safety, security, ease of supervision and circulation. A lot of people think the direct supervision style, which was the latest one that um, was covered in the in the uh, history, a lot of people feel that that is the most effective, mm-hmm. but most dangerous too. Yeah, that's yeah. why I mentioned uh, it's, it can easily go awry. Yeah. Um, unless we're taking care of that, uh, you know that structure. Uh, the last one is providing program and service oriented spaces. So, breaking up the space, you know, being able to go to a different location to go to the gym and different location to do whatever other spaces or programs that they want to do in that specific place. Well,
0: see, the stuff that I like a lot, when I talk about South Carolina, we went back there because it's a big wood wood flooring manufacturer area. There's several that are out there. And Mm -hmm. what a lot of them do is they actually employ inmates. So, I think you have to you know clearly you got to go through different steps to be able to be eligible for those jobs and to be able to pick up a job and and those types of things and a certain percentage of what they earn gets saved for them and then a certain percentage gets held I think um for them to be able to utilize at like the the store of whatever this scenario was I I love stuff like that yeah I think that's fantastic you know and a lot of them like because a lot of them are family you know it could be a male or female with a son or a daughter that they still they can send money to when they're able to earn form and you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. I think that type of stuff would be awesome. Again, this is all opinion, yeah. right? But those are the kind of things that I look at because now now you're 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 giving back to society, you're being a productive piece of it, mm-hmm. all while serving the sentence that you need to serve, but you're you're taking those steps to to becoming a member of society. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I think that's the way. They should look to try to do more things like that. Again, not all of them are eligible for that, but I think all the things that you're talking about too, not all of them are going to be eligible to just circulate with each other anyway. Yeah. You know, so um, I think, you know, we're somewhat ignorant to that, that how that works, but.
1: Yeah. In regards to kind of moving forward, an example of new prisons, this is a difficult one for me to pronounce. I don't know if you want to take a stab at this, Jason. Masdanriq? Think so. Let's so, go with that, Mas de Enrique. Sounds sounds about right to me. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, uh, a prison and uh, penitentiary in Spain. Really cool project. Uh, it's kind of a, a massive uh, single roof system that, that kind of spreads across the entire building structure, making one monolithic unit. Uh, it's in these great, like various green colors. Uh, the roof kind of undulates in different directions, makes this kind of cool form. The designers had a few different goals in mind to obviously respond to the uh, demand for discipline or confinement and then provide uh, a feeling of liberty uh, for reinsertion back into society. So some of the things that they looked at three key aspects were totality, so tackling a problem of this design and the total environment. Uh, then what they call vibration, uh, introducing w- introducing spatial and perceptual diversity, and the third was openness. So subra- celebrating openness, and um, you know providing spaces for them for. Uh, those inmates to kind of utilize different spaces so it's pretty
0: cool looking actually almost looks more like a church to me church yeah no if you go back go back to the the first one i don't know maybe i'm seeing like
1: crosses with all the light posts yeah i think those are the light posts maybe <laughs> you see what you want to see right <laughs> <laughs> within the the courtyard spaces of this project they uh, adjusted the the site to create this sort of play with the terrain and create this spatial variety to limit the, the fences and, and using the, the ground to kind of create these separations um, here and there. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, so what do you do? Look at
0: these things. You're like, man, if I'm going to be incarcerated, I want to be incarcerated there. Is that how that, <laughs> is that, how that works?
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you could pick your life goals, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could pick and choose yeah. which one you want. You can go to, <laughs>
0: Some of the people on that far side of the fence though might want that right yeah if I had to be incarcerated and then my top three. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> So I think we'll wrap that wrap this up for today. Uh, you got any other notes to add?
0: No, you know what I'd really be curious to people that are gonna you know that are gonna listen to the episode. I'd be interested on your take, you know, uh, on some of the stuff we threw out if you can, you know, we should do more. Of the philosophically, I mean, yeah, it, nobody's right or wrong. You yeah. know, I I, I want to say that. You know, I mean, I'm right in what I think, but <laughs> um, but no, I think it'd be really interesting to say. You know, do you th- do you feel we're overcrowded? What your position would be? We won't we won't put names or anything like that up. You know, or whatever. But you know, what your thoughts are behind this and like designing like a really cool prison. Like, is that wasted money? Is it not? Yeah. You know, should it be just a block wall and you know beige and. Uh, whatever but definitely listen to um, th- or watch listen to that video I mean it's it's haunting dude. yeah I
1: guarantee you I'm gonna think about that tonight you yeah. know I'm sleeping like so surprisingly I put out a, a little poll on uh, Instagram and a lot of people think that they could live in a I put uh, could you live in a six by nine room for 18 months whoever said they could is lying
0: there's no <laughs> way you would be able to do that yeah. no way yeah. i mean not on your own accord with an open door where you could leave if you if you chose yeah no way <laughs> what do you
1: think i no there's no way yeah I, if you maybe people misunderstood <laughs> the question but uh no if you're stuck in there for 18 i mean it's a pe- secondary bathroom yeah stand there for 15 minutes and just, yeah. I mean, you can barely stretch. You can barely like move. Like you can't like there's for some people, you can't even stretch your arms out the, the, you know, the side to side length. Um, so I don't know. (laughs) Whoever said that you're lying. It's not true. (laughs) Go listen Uh, to that solitary confinement thing again and tell me if you could do it. (laughs) So we'll wrap it up today. Uh, no listener mail. If you have any questions like Jason, um, Mentioned if you have any comments about what we talked about today, any questions um, for, for our take on anything, feel free to e- email us at hello at spacespodcast.com. You can follow us on faces, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all Spaces Podcasts. But before you go, next time on Spaces Podcasts.
2: We got a reputation as being the wildest amusement park in the world.
1: It's been shut for almost 20 years, and I think no amusement park
0: has caught up to its death toll. If you told somebody about this, it sounds like you're making stuff up.
1: Thank you again for spending some time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and like it and forward this link to a friend. Your support is the only way the show grows. And if you just stumbled upon the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Also, check out spacespodcast.com. We'll have videos and uh, photos of all the things that we talked about today. And with all that said, if you're catching up, hit next, or if you're listening as we put these out, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks.
2: Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders. Get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise